Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Chidiogo Akunyili Par is the author of I Am Because We Are, An African Mother's Fight for the Soul of a Nation. She is a Nigerian-Canadian author, speaker, and consultant with a passion for human development and connection. She is the founder of She Roars, an organization committing to coaching women of color around the world to connect to their intuition and purpose. Her work is focused on harnessing the power of our interdependence with a foundation in the humanist African philosophy of Ubuntu, which celebrates our shared humanity. Chidiogo has lived and worked across four continents and speaks seven languages, including Mandarin, German, Spanish, and French, allowing for an even deeper connection with people. She led the growth and impact of the global shapers community across Africa and the Middle East. Welcome, Chidiogo. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, especially given our just little chat of you being a mom of a five-month-old, to discuss I Am Because We Are, an African mother's fight for the soul of a nation, which is truly amazing. Can you please tell listeners about your beautiful book and your family history? And oh my gosh, thank you for sharing all of this and teaching us so much in your book. Mm, the book is 
at the core of the story of my mother, Dora Aquinelli. I like to think that it's so much more than her story. It's the story of a people, of a country. It's the story of what shaped her, what shaped us. Hence, you know, that title of I Am Because We Are really speaks to the how it's a bigger story. And her story also feeds into a bigger narrative, specifically how in life she impacted millions, you can see, at the helm of the Food and Drug Regulatory Agency in Nigeria, NAFDAQ. And how did she do that? The country was awash with fake drugs, fake foods, think infant formula, faked powder instead of something nutritious for your child and it becomes potentially hazardous. So that's what she met when she joined NAFDAQ as the director general. And she said, no, this cannot go on. Life is precious and important and we must safeguard the health of the nation. So she fought a war. She titled it a war and she was successful as part of a team that she rallied around her because she really believed in that and that power of going together. And that being said, at the end of her tenure, 80% reduction in the circulation of fake drugs in Nigeria, foods, and et cetera. And that's the impact she had. And her story goes on and on. But maybe at the core, what's interesting to highlight is that she touched people's hearts. And there's something about humans that do that, you know, that really... People feel like they mourned her when she passed. They hold her dear in their hearts. And that's a story worth telling because there's something about her, but perhaps even more so there's something to learn and something that can live on in, in her story. And that's why I've told it. Wow. And tell us more about how you decided to write it in her voice, because that was a great story too. It was, it came to me when the, when the inspirations write the book came, which I feel like was my mom telling, inviting me to that from beyond. The invitation was to write in her voice, but I dismissed that very quickly because my mother, if you hear her, we do not sound alike <laughs> <laughs> at all. And I thought, I, I, I don't want to spend the whole book imitating and trying to sound like my mother and thinking what, what she would and how she would say it. So I shied away from that and actually wrote the whole book in third person. But there was this distance between the reader and, and, and the writing and her So I sort of went back and finally was able to identify through a beautiful friend and writer friend that it was me. I was always in between telling Mm. you about my mother. Sometimes I wasn't even born and I'm telling you about her as a child, etc. And that was when I fully decided to step into that initial voice and trust in that a little bit more. And I went back and I revisited the whole book and changed it into her voice. And then it felt right. But I do come in at the end of the book, also in the beginning, but it's mostly in her voice and it's a memoir, but ultimately feels like it's an autobiography. And that feels right because it's what her personality would have done is tell you her story. It's so beautiful. And it's such a gift to be able to step into her shoes and track the whole thing from her own family history, when obviously you were not even a speck on the horizon, right? And her grandparents and how her family came to be. And of course, that's how we understand who we end up being, right? Is if we can track all of the stuff in our history and 
everything that's inherited, the good, the trauma, the bad, you know, all of it. It's like a funnel, right? It all trickles down. And then that that's how we come to be. And now you're a new baby. It's like all of it. You can't get rid of it. It's like a rainstorm, like in a gushing uh, down. So Absolutely. So if you think of the title of Ubuntu, I am because you are, you are because we are. It's exactly that. No one is here all disconnected from the whole. We're all connected to this, you know, those that have come before, what has happened before, what shapes us. And here we are. The scene where her younger sister, who's like a child to her, dies of, I'm so sorry to say it even that way. I see you jumping from what should have been a completely benign injection. Talk about that and how that's really changed the trajectory of everything. If you, if you want to, I don't mean to upset you. Not at all. Not at all. I get that when I feel something. So Mwogo was like a daughter to my mother and she died in her early 20s of fake insulin. She was diabetic. So my mother's fight against fake drugs was very personal because she saw experience for herself in her own pain, that senseless loss of lives and millions mm-hmm. others were experiencing around the country for, over de- for many decades. And so each life that she safeguarded through via her work felt like a personal part of her healing journey of having lost this sister, daughter to her. And she felt like a daughter because she she was so much younger than my mother. My mother had been taking care of her from a very young age. And my mother had this, uh, within her family also had that, not a complex, but she she had stepped into the role of a caregiver after the loss of, of some of her parents and eventually all of her parents. So she took it very seriously, her care for Morgan, ultimately also felt very deeply that loss. Wow. And her commitment to education and learning and being able to achieve all of this and having children who achieve so much and all of that. Tell me about that, her sort of work ethic and how that all got developed and how you came to be. (laughs) So I am Nigerian and I'm also Igbo within Nigeria, some southeast of Nigeria. We are known to push ourselves and our kids <laughs> to be doctors, lawyers, engineers. It's like the typical joke. Within my family, my siblings have three doctors, the first three and the last three are not. So that kind of gives you a sense of sort of like we're free. We don't have to be doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so my 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 mother was raised by a self-made businessman. And part of her story is really interesting because her father was born into wealth, but they lost it because he lost his father before him. Then he made his wealth in another part of the country as Nigeria was just sort of coming into herself, booming hotel, timber industry. And then during the Biafra War, he lost it all. And when he died, he had nothing. So there's something about that value. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting it because it really shaped my mother and her belief that there's so much more to life than money. Because she, she learned from someone who had been there and seen how the relationships you form, the family ties, etc. how that's like more important. So within that, my mother 
also knew that hard work was a very powerful part of charting the way forward, as our father had done. So she pushed herself also. She was after the war, they had nothing. And I shared earlier, she had this belief of having a desire to take care of her siblings after the death of her parents. So she really pushed herself. And by extension, when she did have us, pushed us. And my coming, you know, within our family, maybe an interesting story to share. It's my one sister that broke the chain of doctors, uh, decided to be an artist. Her name is Njideka. And there was a huge uproar in our family because an artist, what is that? How are you going to feed yourself? What are we going to tell people you are, if not a doctor or engineer or lawyer, etc.? And she stuck to her guns and that gave the rest of us permission to sort of chart our own path and also healed my parents' belief that that was the only way to have or be successful in life. And my father and, you know, would end up all the later saying like how happy he was that he was able to allow her, so to say, or not prevent her is a better word, from becoming an artist because she went on to become very successful in her own rights. So that's my family driven, a learning from those that came before as we all have, and ultimately breaking and healing some of these expectations of the past as my daughter will as well. And so it goes. It's amazing. You had a really beautiful line when you were talking about when your grandfather, but you of course wrote it as your mom, but just got so completely broken. And I can't of course find that quote now, but just when the, when the war happened and he had recovered and then went down again, it was, there was some line, like I never knew I could see my father be just so completely broken. And I don't know, it just, it was very powerful scene. He was a strong man. He was known in his village. He helped so many indigents over the years of Nanka, where he was from, to go on and to start to go to school, to prosper in their business, to set up businesses, etc. So he was a strong pillar in the community. And, you know, within that, with a strong personality. And it's quite a thing to see a strong personality broken because it takes a lot. And that line is sort of capturing that. And in many ways, my mother, not in many ways, my mother most certainly took a lot from her father in terms of inheritance of that strength. Mm -hmm. And I also got to see her broken. And that was really hard. And even how you paint the picture of of the end of their lives. And it's so, it's just so moving how you depict everything and we're like in it for the ride with you. And oh my gosh, anyway, your, your writing is so powerful and strong. And then of course, we're like rooting for you so much. It's, it's really amazing because it's not only educating readers about community, history, Nigeria, all the events that led to now, many of which, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, it's enough to keep up on U.S. history. So, I, you know, And this is a history that's not often taught in, in U.S. schools, right? So it's an interesting way to see it through the eyes of one woman, which is, of course, how we learn the most. We empathize and we see, and then, and then we, we, we mourn along with you. And anyway, I, it's just the way you track the whole life cycle from beginning to end is just amazing. Oh, 
Thank you so much. It means a lot. It's my debut. So there are insecurities and question marks and, you know, there's a desire to do and there's the question on whether or not that desire was fulfilled. And I'm really happy by the reception and to know that, you know, that story is reaching people in different ways, but ultimately reaching them. You know, there's something about feeling a story and feeling a person and that's all I wanted, that you could feel this woman because she was quite, quite the woman. It's amazing. Really, really inspiring. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. What was it like for you as you wrote it over and over to go back in her life? And did you have to do research, like to find some of the stuff in the back? I mean, you just, you started off not even knowing that there had been miscarriages before you, right? So I felt like you were starting from not a blank slate, but yeah. a, lot to, a lot to fill in. <laughs> Indeed. It's, it, it, you know, there's a part in the book I'd say that we got it backwards, my mother and I, in terms of our relationship, and that's all right. And here I was referring to, you know, I left home so early. I was nine years old when I went to boarding school in Lagos, Nigeria, which is not that unusual. And it's not a fancy British, don't think anything fancy, think waking up at 2 a.m., like really hard, hard labor 
students from everything. So I was really young and I was thrown out there. And it was part of how we, you know, the intention to give us the best and get the best from us. And that's something that my mother had experienced. So this is to say, I felt like I lost many of those formative years. Lost is a big word, but yes, with my mother, because I was nine hours by road away from the South is where we were living at the time. So I would see her every other three, every three months here and there. And after boarding school, after secondary school, I went off to university in the States and after went off to my life and never really came home. So as you can imagine, you know, never living at home from nine is a huge distance with your mother. And so I felt like it was at death that I really had time to go deep into who she is, who she was. And to do that, I went into my own you know, story, interviewed tens of people, tons of people, co-workers, siblings, teachers from her secondary school years, friends, extended family, and the list goes on. Of course, my own family. And in many ways, it's just also it's something really beautiful about seeing how a person is held by you know our memories. It really holds a piece of a person, a recollection, a story. And again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about learning through this, um, this my, through her life. Stories are so powerful. And I'm so happy I can share this story because your point, these stories haven't been told necessarily. And I'm seeing how powerful they are as we connect and understand each other to know where we're coming from, what shaped us uh, and, you know, that shared humanity that is Ubuntu. This is ultimately, I'm so blessed by the journey of reconnecting with my mother that was every day, holding her story, asking her questions, even though she was not on this lane like, is this, is this okay? Who should I talk to? What's going on? Trusting that that connection always is. And always being guided in ways that after three, four years of being with this book, I have no doubt that she was with me every step of the way. Your scenes when she talks to you, I'm curious about your beliefs about, you know, spirits or life after death or signs or all that. And if I think you believe in all that and your husband, right? Your husband was saying like, okay, your mom's here. Like, let's listen to her, right? <laughs> how do you how do you feel about all of that? I feel that it's my truth that we are guided. I was raised Christian Catholic and this does not remove from that upbringing because in many ways that is rooted in being guided and spirit and, and prayers is tapping into that. And I believe, I think I've seen myself widen that to, you know, I, I have such a, a deep relationship with my inner voice and guidance that is many, many years in the making of always asking and listening and seeing how in silence this guidance come in. It's how I met my husband. It's how I moved to Toronto. It's like so many stories I can go into to share and how when I quiet to listen, invariably this invitation comes through, this intuition, and I've become very good at listening for it and knowing when it comes through. It's almost like a language in itself. And watching how again and again, whenever I trust that sort of inner voice, it leads me to something that I could never have achieved or seen or reached on my own. And the book is most certainly 
a huge example because that invitation came and I heard it very clearly because I was practicing that year listening. That was my big desire that year to listen. And that was the, the, the invitation I had heard was I had to listen more the year that I was, I was in my listening and just have always been since then. Uh, so my relationship is that of a factual <laughs> experience of guidance that is beyond beyond my own understanding and I don't feel the need to, to understand it. I know. And my practice is to connect with it, which I do a lot in writing, in journaling, daily practice, which I got from the artist way. Uh, Julie Cameron has been morning pages, has been with me for over 10 years now. She's coming on this podcast soon. She has a new book coming out. Are you serious? Yes, oh I know. I was so excited. I got the email <laughs> and I was like, yes, I will interview her. I oh cannot wait. Goodness. Yeah, she has a new book. Where is it? I just picked it. Well, I can't find anything right now, but yes, it's called, I think, Seeking Wisdom. Yeah. Wow. A six, a six week journey to, anyway. I think she's impacted millions, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a beautiful thing to have done. And she gave me that gift. And I've been with that inner practice and inner voice and the healing that comes with it and the knowing and the guidance and the wisdom. And so it goes. And that ultimately is now the work that I do is support uh, women to connect to that voice and that intuition. So yes, my belief system is that it's there. And I, I believe in my ancestors as being with me. So if they do want to share something with me, of course, like it's, you know, it comes from within you. And it's been a new practice actually with my ancestors because I sort of just thought it's my inner voice. But with my mom and then when I stay writing about her grandmother, then mm-hmm. I'll start sort of like feeling sort of senses of who she was that I had known. And I would then call an auntie and verify something that I had felt or, you know, received as a knowing. And so that was an interesting practice. So as I said, the book has really helped me deepen my, my experiences of listening. Wow. And tell me more about your life now and your work now, aside from the book. My life now, my work now. I have a five-month-old. I... I'm craving some sun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in Toronto and my postpartum bodies wanted to sort of be the sun and the water. And all these things fuel the work that I do, which ultimately is, you know, I hold a lot of spaces for people, as I shared earlier, to to feel into what's true for them. And I have this, this clarity of this increasingly clear call to support the connection that can be so that people can, you know, connect into your, to your light. You can shine. That's not how I would normally speak, but that's what's coming through now. So it's sort of this, to help you feel yourself, to feel your truth beyond fear, beyond anxieties, beyond the blocks. And as I have done for myself, everything that I say, I share, I do comes from my own experience and I love doing that. It's been something I've done, I've been doing for the last five years or so, almost since the beginning of the book. And my past lives have been corporate and, you know, just I was climbing the corporate ladder and I was doing it beautifully until I had this magical experience. I was on, on a plant medicine journey in Peru with nine other women. And it was this moment where I had this revelation 
have you you're meant to break away from corporate and I literally said no and that's not happening I am so you know invested on becoming you know whatever that path would have led you know diplomat or something that would have been important and very you know heady and I fought it and I had a beautiful guy that said she was with me her name is Michelle that was holding the retreat space you know who you are is beyond your fears. Why do you feel like your your fear is preventing you from your truth? Step beyond that, and that was my first invitation to truly know that you know that this is a screen. This is to say, it's been a journey. Yeah. I'm on a journey. I love supporting people on their journey. This book is part of that, and it is my trust and deep hope that we have an important road ahead. And everybody stepping into their yes is critical for what's to come. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was thinking about trying to do what you did with your book, writing in the voice of someone that they loved, easy, hard, yes, no, you recommend, you don't recommend, what do you think? I believe the core is to listen to what the book wants to be, you know, And from my head, it was, no, this is too hard. But the book wanted to be that. And I had to honor that. So my recommendation would be to, you know, pay attention to what wants to come through and honor that and trust if that is to be in the first person. And I, you know, it'll probably be, not probably then, absolutely listen and trust. And if it's meant to be, then you find a way. But I'll say that the idea was more daunting than the actual reality of doing it. Got it. Do you have any other advice for aspiring authors? It's funny that you're interviewing Julie Cameron because she's the person <laughs> who gave me the huge tool that has inspired my writing um, all these years later of getting to know your voice. And I, I you know, I was always a little bit intimidated because it's like, I'm not as big a reader as I would like to be. I don't think I could actually write because I need to read so much more. And I've actually found that you need to write so much more and not just perhaps, you know, all the writing I did all these years before I started uh, writing in a journal would always start on the computer or on a paper maybe, but always with the lens that someone was going to read it. So I would start right away censoring myself because I have that idea that's, okay, does this sound good? What am I saying, right? So I never got to hear my truth, the truth of my voice and its purity without the fear or the, you know, just the, the knowing it will be observed. And that's been a gift to connect and in connecting to trust that well and trust in it to know that there's something to be shared and sharing it that that came in form of a book and whatever else is to come. So my advice is find your voice. And she's found in the silence of internal dialogue. He or she or they. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Amazing. Well, thank you. This is like so special. I feel like you are just this, you know, special, soulful, beautiful woman. You're like, I, I, I feel like you need to be, really famous in some way. And I hope that, I mean, not that you're not well-respected and notable already. You are, of course, but I don't know. You have such a presence. Yeah, I don't know. It's very special just to talk to you. That's how I feel. So 
special energy or something. Mm. Anyway. I got it from my mama. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, thank you. I wish you all the best of luck with I Am Because We Are. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to have had a few minutes with you today. So thank you. Same here, Sibi. And I'm so excited to know of the interviews to come and really love the work that you do and really honor that you had me here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 